There is no peace. There is only passion. Amen. Hey, kids. This is your host, Dr. Dana Martin on the Sith Dominion. We have with us this evening the one and only Cam, the one and only Cat, the one and only Clint. I'm sorry, the one and only Zane. <laughs> How are y'all doing tonight? Happy Halloween, folks. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. This is so fun. We're getting to do a podcast on Halloween instead of trick-or-treating. Is that I mean, fun? that's about a toss-up. I mean, free candy. No place I'd rather be. Oh. Amen. True. True. Uh, oh, it's free candy. Speaking of, uh, my daughter got married this uh, past weekend. Uh, Zane uh, got to see him while we were in Oklahoma. Um, we... Uh, his his mother lives what an hour and a half maybe away from us, uh, like apart, and we got to see him in Oklahoma. So it was super fun. Uh, we, it was a costume party, and I went as kind of Darth Vader before he got suited. So Anakin with the black cloak, etc. Zane went about like that, <laughs> uh, but my daughter was. Uh, I think I shot you a pic, uh, yes. catch. She, she was Sally, uh, pretty much head to toe so that was pretty cool but yeah so speaking of that what are you guys doing tonight for halloween besides sitting here this is only an hour so what else did you do today or what are you gonna do i'm gonna hand out candy to teenagers probably because those are probably the only people that are gonna come to our door for candy yeah <laughs> yeah and zane <laughs> i'm gonna drive down I mean, Zane, like, hold on, hold on. Let me drive to San Antonio. Like, you know. Well, he is in San Marcos. He's not, <laughs> not that, that far. far. Look at me. <laughs> it's like 45 minutes. Yeah. 40 minutes away. 30, 40 minutes I don't minutes know. Away. For some free candy, I think I could find other ways to get free candy. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> um, Cam, what about you? <laughs> uh, I'm not going to lie. I'm probably going to finish 100%ing Assassin's Creed Mirage. That's all I've got on my agenda the rest of the night. Man, are you? we need to get him hooked up. With the uh, weekend crew on the uh, Geek Gauntlet, with uh, all of his gaming knowledge, man. So William, <laughs> help us out. Let's get let's get Cam over there on the Geek Gauntlet. Um, Dude, just just reach out whenever you're free. We can make it happen. Yeah, yeah I'm down. Did you forget to hit the live again, Dave? Oh, <laughs> you can't. No, no, and they'll all tell you it Does counted down. Recording? But now the cat's out of the bag. We're not. This is the second time we're doing this. <laughs> we were gonna try to totally not do it like last time. Where, yeah, that is what yeah, happened. We're yeah, we're we're we live. We're, we're live. So yeah, we are working, man. Because this is. Thank you. Appreciate it, Deb. So, speaking of Halloween, uh, what was maybe one of your best or uh, favorite costumes or? Uh, something that you really remember as a costume doesn't have to be fun or favorite. To start, I don't know. Zane, go. Don't say anything. Um, this would have been. Okay, no, I won't write. This would have been back in early two, not early two, late two thousands, early twenty tens. I was just up like a Dallas Cowboy football player. I have that picture somewhere. I looked really cute. <laughs> Uh, it's not a that. logo, it's a rating. Man, this you kid know? would, he'd like, hey, dad, did you know that in 1972, uh, Hollywood Henderson, blah, blah. And I'm like, how do you, what? He loved the Cowboys, man. He would read books on them. Yeah, good for you. 
All right. Next. <laughs> Kat, what about you? Um, I had this really cool leprechaun that I did, which I later repurposed as an adult um, for a creepy doll to where I was told that the company Potluck, I was no longer allowed to make food that looks like bodily, bodily organs because apparently I made them look a little too lifelike. <sighs> to which my response was, is brains aren't really pink. <laughs> They're not? Um, no, not once you think. No. What color are they? They're like a grayish green color. Okay. All right. But I still right. made it pink. But Wait, I so human brains are human brains the same color as like cow brains? Um, kind of, sorta. Yes, like, but actually no. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't Got mind you. some cow brains, but. Yeah. Human brains about. Yeah. Apparently, mm-hmm. it was a little disturbing because I set it up on a platter, like like if you were gonna be at like a buffet, and it had like the lettuce, and then I like crushed up Oreos, and oh, then I made uh, gummy animal. worms to look like they were crawling in dirt. Um, but I didn't like make them weird colors. I made them like earthworm colors. Apparently, I freaked out some people. That's fantastic. Should have just grabbed a handful. Right? That's awesome. That is- um, I will find a picture of that because at one point we find I finally did. I said, hold one. Here's my camera. Take a picture of this. And it's like zombie creepy doll just sitting there like on brain. Cam, uh, <laughs> what about you, man? Red Power Ranger. Red Power Ranger. Austin St. John. That's the dude. He was supposed to be uh, here at Comic Con, uh, at College Station Comic Con, and he backed out last minute. Mm. Could have met the Red Power Ranger, brother. <laughs> All right. <laughs> what was it about the Red Power Ranger that led you to like the Red Power Ranger? He was just the leader. I can't really. I don't know. My parents had this thing. They were telling me, you're just going to be a leader of men. And I just fell in love with the Red Power Ranger, and I lead no men to this day. So, but you do wear red. I do wear red. <laughs> I see that, that. This is my costume. So, <laughs> it's really cold in my apartment. So, I had to throw on a hoodie. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, moving in to some Hollow Net highlights, we uh, we wanted to kind of talk about. We, we've gotten to see the Inquisitors in live action in several different uh, series or couple different couple series now uh we've seen them in animation um uh zane you brought up a good point and i'd like for you to reiterate that on why we or how we could get more of the inquisitors without having to introduce more inquisitors and you were saying uh well yeah when our first try we were talking i uh, brought up how i really think it'd be interesting to see kind of how they started or grew within the empire, you know, how they would have trained together, how they knew each other, how they grew those bonds. Cause it seems like within they knew each other so much to become enemies of each other, if not best friends with each other. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think that is a very viable option they have still. Yeah. And, there was you know, talk ahead. about an inquisitor show at one point, wasn't there? Did it get scrapped? Uh, was uh, that there was one called show, Acolyte. Yeah. Oh, that's Acolyte. right. I'm seeing Acolyte. That's right. But that was—I thought that was Hyrule. 
What was that? I'm sorry, Zane. I thought uh, Acolyte was for High Republic. It might have uh, been. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, I actually had an article on that and shelved it because they were shelving it for a little while. So mm -hmm. I'll crack that one back out and shoot that out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think the Inquisitors, they're, um, they're an interesting group. They all, they're all fallen Jedi. So, or they were all once Jedi. So I just, yeah, there's something to that. How, how did, what, where were they hiding? How did they get, you know, all of the bits that got them to ultimately the three we're going to talk about tonight, Malachor, uh, Malachor five and got killed, um, by Maul, which got the, both, both of those episodes, um, We'll go ahead and, and just go into them. Um, those two episodes of uh, Rebels, who has seen those? Yes, everyone. Okay, good. So that episode, <laughs> those two episodes of Rebels uh, are important because of the reintroduction of Maul in that way, in that capacity. You have Ahsoka and Vader facing off. You've got Ezra 100% being seduced by the dark side. You've got uh, the three Inquisitors battling it against Kanan and uh, Ahsoka and Maul helping and then Maul turning and blinding it. it. They're so... Okay, I know. I just pretty much... You don't have to watch it now. All that stuff <laughs> happening. And all I can think of is... These Inquisitors are so hell-bent on capturing the artifact for their boss that they're willing to die. Why? I don't think they had another option. Because uh -huh. death is better than the torture they would have faced. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There are things worse than death. Yeah. Yeah, and I think Maul is a, a perfect example of that. We talked about that on the show. I think Zane, you were on that show. No, I wasn't. That's the first no? one I wasn't on. Third episode. Oh. Check it out. Episode three. Zane's not on it. Mm -hmm. The first one I wasn't on. Maul. Um, they. Palpatine. So, yeah, man. I I don't know. I think the um, those three. Uh, I don't want to get them wrong. It's like the eight, seventh, and uh 10th no fifth 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 seventh and eighth yes uh fifth brother seventh sister and eighth brother um what i i don't know i'm a sucker for masks so like when morak showed up in ahsoka and you've got uh the inquisitor which one which one had the mask seventh seventh no oh my god no, no it was the eighth brother eighth, eighth, eighth brother, brother had eighth. the mask um, I, I always, we're talking acrobatics and we're talking all these fun things, but in the end, what, what, it, what does all that flair do? You know, uh, you get in those episodes, Vader, the dramatic riding in on a tie fighter. <laughs> it's so just, extra. Just, isn't it? Isn't it? So extra. <laughs> but I mean, camp seriously. Like, if you were to see that, would you be like, "Oh, this guy," or would you be like, "Crap in yourself"? To see a what was was Vader like eight and a half feet in the suit, Just a <laughs> monster riding <laughs> on the Tie Norman's? Fighter? Yeah, uh, I no, mean, I'm, I'm I'm out of there. I'm I'm out. <laughs> it, I gotta go. 
<laughs> like if homeboy can ride it on a tie fighter um i'm that's i don't it. need that energy like you know first off who's piloting the tie fighter is the real question you can have the like, artifact uh, we'll use I the mean, force yeah that's not how the, the force, force works <laughs> <laughs> nobody knows how the force works george didn't know so nobody knows uh the uh, vader's presence on malachor when he when he does arrive uh, it's interesting, I believe, how Darth Maul can... Oh, sorry. He's not Darth Maul anymore. Maul. Uh, he senses him, like, even in hyperspace. And and there's there's a couple moments where he looks up to the sky, you know, and Ezra's like, what? You know, and um, I think moments like that in the, in, the, in the writing of these characters, like Maul, like the Inquisitors... Um, adds a, rich, a richness that I don't think we see elsewhere. Um, do you think that writing is as rich as I think it is? Or do you think I'm just trying to give a little fluff where credit maybe doesn't go? I think it was well written. But I'm not sure how much of the writing itself wasn't overly exaggerated. Mm. I got you. Because really, how far out can you really feel the force? That's true. Like, it has to have a range of some point. Well, and, you know, Luke put put it out across the galaxy and died afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think you have a point there. <laughs> so, with the... Uh, with those three... I think one of the things that I enjoyed about that those episodes with those three two is their use of teamwork and communication. I mean, they they were like, okay, we're gonna do this. All right, ready, set, hut, go. Um, and I think if we look at them as a model of, you know, we came from the same place, maybe uh, we had different experiences, and now we're back at the same place. Uh, we see that I think a lot with family. Right. And in this case, they're called brothers and sisters. And I don't think that's an accident. Um, but I'm not going to ask you to talk about a time when your family uh, kind of you, you worked as a team or whatever. But I, I, I just want to kind of talk a little bit about that in your like place of business or uh, or what you do, Zane, even in, in band or with the band. How important is that diversity from the in-between sometimes. So th that diversity, how important is that? I was asking you kind of, Zane, with the uh, okay. band. Yeah, okay. Like, especially like within music, well, right? Well, coming from a, uh, this is a, I'm a college marching band. We were coming from different high schools, not just all over the state, but technically all over the nation, right? And so you have these different high schools teaching their kids how to play instruments their specific ways and we're all coming together to create one unified sort of marching band and so even within the pit right the front ensemble we have different people who have learned how to read music certain that have made them succeed at a more accelerated rate or how to hold your mallets a different way right like i there's a there's a grip called Steven's grip. It's where you hold two mallets in one hand, right? So you're four mallets. But there's also another uh, grip called like the Burton grip or something like that. And that's 
another way to hold two mallets. And on drum set, I needed to hold two mallets, so I did my Stevens grip. It's the one I know. And I was holding like a mallet and a drum set stick to crash cymbals and stuff. And the guy in front of me, he was like, there's this grip that works better for that. And he showed me the grip and I tried it and it worked way better, right? And I wouldn't have had that experience if it wasn't for that diversity. You know, this guy's from, he used to go to OU. Like, talk about completely different style. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Well, even with that, you also even get that like in your marching steps. So like when you're doing performance band, um, I mean, I've seen people that are more like a high step military step than there are other bands where it's like a roll step because it keeps you and the roll step a lot of times, unless you're really good at that March step, the roll step is like what a lot of, of bands, at least on the West coast used because it kept you moving flat. Um, you didn't get like that jolting. It kept just like, it, it made it look like you were just floating across the field. But, you know, even in different competitions, different bands, people coming from different places, just difference in the way that their, their march step was. And you kind of got to learn how to, like, mesh that all together. Or else you run into each other? Um, Were you no, in that's band, Cameron? You're a member of Color Guard, mm -hmm. and you're trying not to accidentally hit the tuba player with your flag. <laughs> um, <laughs> member of Drumline, try not to hit the tuba player. Yeah. It's always yeah. the tuba player. <laughs> Cam's going to go, I was a tuba player. No. Did you, did you? Were you in the band, Cameron? No, I was a. Uh, I was. I was team sports from T-ball, yeah. all sports on. So that was my. That was kind of my connection to where we were trying to go. Just playing team sports all my life. Uh, I got to a place at one point where I thought I enjoyed individual sports like golf, but in the end, I kind of like playing on in groups of golf teams competitive scrambles those type of things now so um that's kind of my way to relate back in i was i'm not uh musically inclined or artistically inclined at all so those pictures back there my wife did all those <laughs> on a really good week i can count to eight but usually i can count to four and you know <laughs> so what do you think it is cam that, that kind of draws you to uh the more team aspect now compared to earlier in your life? Uh, I feel like when I'm around a group of other guys that are competitive like me, it helps bring the best out in me. Um, I'm not a great loser. So it's interesting to see other people that are hyper competitive like myself that are like, Hey man, we tried our best. Like it's, that's just not kind of the dynamic that I had growing up. That's not how my dad kind of, ingrained in me which is now he's totally flipped which is another story so um but I, I just i just like to win and yeah it's cool to win by yourself but i feel like winning as a team like i'm in a men's softball league which is why i missed a couple earlier episodes and not this past season or not this current season but last season we won the like men's tournament championship and it was pretty solid like it'd been the first time i'd done something like that post-college and i was like this is fun and that's why i still kind of do it even though it's like oh my god i gotta go play softball on a tuesday night for one to three hours depending upon how the games go but i don't know i just i like being competitive as a team and winning so 
Yeah, it's funny. Uh, there's a, a famous leadership quote that says it's lonely at the top. Well, if you're lonely at the top, are you a leader? Where is everybody? <laughs> so yeah. I think when, when you think about your successes, uh, if you look back on your life, it may be yourself that gets your, you know, you have to be motivated and get your juices going to start whatever it is. But ultimately, you're not going to hike Everest unless you have a guide, right? And mm -hmm. the guide's going to go with you and support you. And you're going to help support that guide when he needs assistance, too. So you all get to the top. So I, I think that's a great example of the way the Inquisitors, uh, so long as they would keep their own passions out of <laughs> their, you know, what they were doing, which is inherently dark side, um, they, they were formidable i mean the inquisitors were awesome they were awesome was yes yes <laughs> absolutely awesome so uh i wanted to talk about one uh in particular inquisitor um so the eighth brother his specific task was to hunt down Maul. That that was like that was what he was supposed to do. Um when you think about having a task that you have the ability to do whatever you want, but this is the goal, is that something you would prefer? Or would you prefer that's the goal and I'm gonna give you a step by step how to get there? What's your preference? I'm very Sith, so you just tell me what that goal is, and I'm just going to make it happen. I'm going to give you some plausible deniability. I'll ask for forgiveness. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yeah. Zane, do you prefer more structured to the path, or do you prefer carving your own path? Mm, I want to say in between, but if I had to pick, I'd say a lot more carving. Uh, most of the time, I'm I'm more like a let you kind of show me what you want because I mean, if I get it wrong, it's all your fault. But at the same time, I, I, I honestly think in most of my important endeavors, I really like to just have that goal set and clear and just do whatever I can to meet that. Yeah. Okay. I'm structure based. I, yeah. I, I mean, I'm in, I'm a by any means person, don't get me wrong, but having a sense of structure in my workplace at least kind of makes me feel a little bit more grounded and not as unhinged because I can be very impulsive and in cases of if I was an inquisitor, I would probably follow my impulses too much, which might lead to my downfall. So, <laughs> so uh, Cameron, you bring up a great point. Uh, so I I'm work on coaching and, and all these things. And when I look at the dynamic of this, these four, we had a great time multiple times that we thought we were having a show over the last two shows. Um, <laughs> but I, I enjoy this dynamic in our show and it's important to point out that, yeah, we're all different. We're all so different uh, that it works, but it only works if everyone's willing to play their part. See, like, mm -hmm. like, cat, she'll make sure that I say and do the things that I'm supposed to say and do in the show. And Zane 
will make me feel like a dad and I'll feel ridiculous. And then <laughs> whoever the other guest is in this case, Cameron is like, it's this, it's this, it's this it really thought out, not wandering like Dana. So man, when I think about diversity in the workplace, I really do think the whole swath of everything from uh, race to gender to where you're from regionally, right? Like you said, Zane, this dude showed you something from uh, OU or went to OU, was in Oklahoma. You never had he never transferred, who knows when you would have learned that, if ever. Um, so those dynamics are, are so important and are needed on teams, multiple dynamics. And I, when you have, uh, I'm trying to think of a good city example, and maybe you guys can help me out, where they were too aligned in thought and that was their downfall. Like maybe in the Revan, uh, not Revan, uh, Malik. Um, Malik and uh, what's his name? Shoot. Who was who did Mal, Mal who did Malik beat? Oh my god! Mm. I don't we just talked about that on the Revan shows. Yeah. Wait, I don't think any of y'all were on the Revan shows. I was not. I was actually oh, yes. thinking back to the stories of Bane, like mm. the original, like when it first starts telling his story. When he first went to like that Sith University, we'll, mm. we'll just call it it's Sith Hogwarts is what it is. Like, mm -hmm. he was such an outcast because he hadn't been raised in the Sith. He hadn't been raised to be this Force user. Yeah. And all these Force users, like, looked down on him. And what did he end up doing? He sat in a library, he learned everything he needed to learn, and he slaughtered them all. Yeah, that's one of those, here's the goal. Do yeah. what you gotta do to get there. Yeah. But... I think that was kind of a good example that in the those students were so singularly focused on this is the only way to do it is to you have to go through these classes, um, you have to follow these guidelines, you have to do this in this class to be a successful Sith. Mm -hmm. And here's this guy's like, nah, bro, I just sat down and read some books. <laughs> like, watch me now. <laughs> Yeah, Bane's a great example. Uh, that's a book I still haven't read. Don't nobody yell at me, oh, man. I know, right? I don't have I've the first one. I've probably given you so many spoilers. I didn't know. That's okay. No, I mean, I know. I know the story. Oh, okay. Do you know the story of Darth Plagueis? Yeah, the tragedy of Darth Plagueis. I, yeah, I know the story. I just haven't read Um, There was a lot of stuff that maybe is or isn't canon anymore dealing with a lot of those uh, like Exarchoon and these super powerful Sith, man, over time in the, the KOTOR games, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. do, do you think we'll see that sort of revisit the way even maybe they did it with Force Ghosts or, I mean, do you think they'll canonize some of that stuff? I don't, I don't think they will. I'm no. not optimistic, no. I mean, they did the Star Forge, so that's huge, right? That made everything with Revan. Well, to me, the name Revan was canon. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, yes. Well, And I think Bane as well. Wasn't Bane in the Clone Wars show? Didn't I think Yoda 
He was yeah. like a ghost yeah, or something. Him, but he didn't actually appear. I, I could be wrong. Yeah. He appeared yeah. in the deleted scenes. Yeah. Uh, but that only happened like where they started acknowledging that, oh yeah, Clone Wars is totally part of canon. When yeah. the backlash came out of if you don't have Revan and you don't have Bane and you don't have these characters, you don't have Sith, you don't have Vader. Mm-hmm. So y'all just shot yourselves in the foot. How you gonna how you gonna fix that? So they suddenly said, <laughs> Oh, look at that, Clone Wars is canon. Yeah. So sorry. Yeah, like, the oh, Clone Wars. Maybe weren't clear that yes, Clone Wars is canon. Yeah, I think there's we put when you play through those games and you get to kind of go through the uh, the the tombs of the of the ancients. It's just I don't know, man. I loved that. I loved all that richness of. And then this happened, and that happened, and. I got killed by this one and the other one killed the other one and we're here now and we're killing everybody. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just, I really enjoy the, and I don't believe the Jedi have that sort of richness to the lore. And I could be mistaken because no. I lean heavily on the Sith, but I don't know of a lot of books Most that are about old Jedi. Most of what I know that are talk about old Jedi is confined to mostly that Swator, the MMO game. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's obviously got to be a few books that kind of touch on it, but, I mean, other than what, the Teal Shan and all the ones from Malgus's era, it really, I don't think I've... The Jedi are talked about so differently. Like when you read book, read the books, and because I'm um, I'm a bookworm and I'm a nerd, um, but when you start reading the books and you're reading about the Jedi, it's and if if you read the way I do, where you read and it kind of creates like that mental picture, it plays out like a soap opera. Mm. So they're like the big like like the Skywalkers are like that rich affluent family, and they have, of course always have to have one black sheep. Um, where with the Sith, when you get into those stories, it's really like character building and developmental and like, look at what this person went through that put them in that situation to go that direction. Where Jedi, it's more of, even though there are some Sith that are raised in the Sith way and raised in Sith culture you see that much more on the Jedi side where it is really just like, oh, so we live in this city and like so-and-so's a senator and our life is fabulous and go off to Jedi Academy. You know, I mean, that's... We're going to take you from your family when you're a small child and just throw you into it. Yeah. Indoctrinate you. They make... it make, See, so they sell their children to the gypsies. But yeah. they don't make it sound like the gypsies. They make it sound like it's a big honor. Where, like, if is you watch, that... like, European stories, it's the same thing of, like, oh, the gypsies came and took the bad children. I yeah. saw this thing on Twitter where I don't know if it's accurate or which part of canon it's from, but it was the journal, I guess, or something, where, like, Anakin essentially writes, like, I miss my mom. Like, I want to see my mom. Does that make me a bad person? Like, that just makes you think, makes me be like, man, I really would not like to be brought up in prequel 
and before Jedi Academy era, because that just sounds painful, you know, getting taken away, getting taken away from your family and indoctrinated to not an idealistic way of living. Unless you're on the Jedi Council, then you can just do what you want, like Mace Windu. So. I feel like there the the whole we, we talk about it all the time on the show. There, there's a duality there for folks that uh, like like the Ahsokas, and it seems that there's more of a maybe not a happiness, but a content that that's their life. So Jedi always, you know, struggling to live the life and be what they're supposed to be, and what have you. Sith, you know, going off the deep end, losing, going mad from power. But if you walk the line, right, you seem to keep your sanity. <laughs> And stay alive just long enough anyways. Um, and I think there's something to that. I, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying don't subscribe to an ideology and, and whatnot, but I'm saying evaluate ideologies, right? Is that is that bad? Does that make me a bad person? I mean, everything should really be in moderation, if you really think about it. Life in general is is moderation. So if you go too far either way, you fall off the rails. Um, and I think that's really kind of like what you see. You do see that in the Sith and the Jedi. Is the Jedi go so far into this, like, no possessions, no... Like, all, all the things they can't have that they end up having anyway. <laughs> then you have the Sith that are just like, we don't see any reason not to have those things, and we're just going to embrace it. Until you live out your usefulness. Yeah. Yeah. For whichever Sith you're serving. You know. That's right. And see, I always preach to my employees, be the employee that's wanted, not the one that's needed, because I can replace you if I just need someone to fill a seat. (laughs) So that goes the same for all all of my masters out there. Make sure that your apprentice is, that they're being wanted. Well, like... I mean, we were talking about the writing with the Inquisitors. Like, I mm. love the Jedi Fallen Order Survivor games, and oh, I yeah. feel like I feel like the second sister death really encapsulated how Vader views the Inquisitors. So think about mm-hmm. it this way: the Vader is just a brute force maniac when he shows up. You hear the footsteps. She second sister freezes, or Vader's holding her by the force. Who knows? And he has the holocron. I mean, Vader could take out, I forget her name, and Cal easily. He doesn't have to kill her. Like, he, do- he doesn't have to kill her in that moment. He can keep her alive. But she fails, even though, what? I mean, she has the holocron there. I mean, he could get it back, and he just kills her. She outlived her usefulness. She failed in his eyes. And it's like, that's just how the Inquisitors were. They were just tools. Like, even if I feel like the eighth brother would have taken out Maul, theoretically. I mean, he outlived his usefulness and on to the next. Yeah, disposable, right? Yeah. Uh, human capital. Like, that's what uh, they're people, man. Like, I get it. Human capital. You want to call it something nice, but that's exactly what you're describing is, you know, some a butt in a seat. And when they've outlived their usefulness, kick them out. And I mean, replace that's what, them. Yeah. I mean, that's what Anakin was going to be for Palpatine. It was just kind of more symbolic when he got his burns and he was not as, I mean, not as useful to him, but he was still useful enough to keep him alive. You know, yep. 
Because, I mean, even if I think full potential Anakin, we can always get into that debate in another episode. But it's like he was just another tool for Palpatine. Even though in Anakin's eyes, he's like, oh, I'm going to get this strength. I'm going to save my wife. I'm going to kill the Emperor. Like, it's just going to be a step-by-step, right? But he had no idea. He was just being played by his own emotions. 100%. Oh, so, yeah. Head and heart, right? Um, The Inquisitors, I think, kind of led their drive with their head and i say because they i don't feel like they really had a heart anymore they had nothing really to live for everything that they had lived for and the idea of the jedi was gone uh they're tortured and or voluntarily came over to serve the dark side which they had pledged to never do and now they've got that conflict they're just they're just biding time so I think in the in the point there, Cam too is uh, yeah they're they're tools, but they know it. I I think if you don't know it, that's where the problem is <laughs> for those guys anyway. Yeah. So they basically everything they do is calculated. Like, what yeah. do I have to do to live another day? Yep. That's. That's that's uh, I couldn't do that. Well, but do we not do that? I know I've had jobs like that where it's like, what do I have to do today to make sure I don't get fired and I still have a job? What's the bare minimum I can do to not get fired? We've all had those jobs, right? Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I didn't want I didn't I didn't want to be a Debbie, I didn't want to be a Debbie Downer, but I mean. Yeah, I mean, isn't that kind of what we do some sometimes in life? I mean. There's some days I go to work and I'm like, what can I just do just to get me through from this eight to five? Like, I just like I'm all about giving it 100 percent. But today I just don't got it. You know, and, you want 100 percent for an hour or do you want like 10 percent for the day? Yeah. And I mean, I feel like especially when you work for publicly traded institutions, it's even more. That's kind of they are the empire hmm. and we are their inquisitors if you work for a publicly traded institution. So it's kind of a, you're just, you're just there. We're there in real life to produce shareholder value. If you kind of yep. understand that. And then the inquisitors are there to, you know, do what they're the security to do. of the Sith reign. Yep. Yeah. Even though they're not Sith. No, they're not. <laughs> they are trained in the ways of the Sith. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they are not Sith. There's plenty of corrections to go around for Dana when he threw that out there. Um, <laughs> they're not Sith Inquisitors, Dana. I know. <laughs> All right. Um, no, that's that's great. And I, and I, one more kind of last point, and we'll wrap it up with the uh, with the Inquisitors. Um, all of them had a point and purpose to the ultimate vision of Vader. Um, Palpatine started it, but it was Vader that finished it. And um, when you when you look at what Palpatine had in store for him, I kind of feel, and y'all can 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 counter this, but I, I feel like he knew what was going to happen because he had the clairvoyance in the uh, in the movies he was able to see the future in ways that in cloud the judgment and future of, of others seeing. So I, I think he knew he was going to run into Ahsoka. That's just my thought. I'd love to talk about that. 
I mean, he should have had the foresight to know. And why would he want that? What What would be the point of him running into Ahsoka? Well, closure. closure. He had always had that attachment for Ahsoka, and it and it almost felt like at the end of Clone Wars when he saw was it Rex's helmet or something? Oh my god! In, in the no. snow, yeah. it it you could really it almost felt like he knew she wasn't dead. And he knew yep. she was still out there. And so the fact that he knew she was still alive and he had the chance to go see her, that almost felt like not Vader pushing to go and see Ahsoka, but Anakin going to see Ahsoka. Yeah. I mean, he tells her, like, we need not uh, need not be adversaries. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, to him, everybody he knows and loves is dead minus Obi-Wan. And so in in his mind, he's like, I mean, this is a chance for me to have somebody that I can probably use to go and take down the Emperor, right? Because he's still mad at the Emperor for basically misleading him, right? And so I feel like, you know, but Ahsoka's like, I I cannot get past what you did, right? Mm -hmm. Or like what you are now. And so, and I feel like in the show, they didn't really, you know, get into that as much as I would have hoped. But, I mean, it was still all right. But I feel like for Anakin, it was more, maybe I can turn her and use her to help me just take down who I, this this evil man that has, you know, destroyed my life, essentially. Yeah, I think there was a lot of, a, a lot, a lot in a very short amount of time when he saw her of... Oh my God! Like Anakin, right? Like you said, and yeah. I, I think if he could have brought her, he he and her would have, uh, dude. They would have destroyed the Emperor, no doubt. But I, that wasn't what the Emperor saw. I don't think, and I don't believe that's what Vader. Uh, I think he would use her, but I don't think he would use her in the way he would an Inquisitor. I guess is what I'm trying to say. He would no. He would have her as his apprentice. It's well, that was the goal with Luke. Yeah, that's right. What was that cat? Sorry. Basically, it's because it's it's a different mindset where the Inquisitors are basically brainwashed, for lack of a better term, into submission and that torture into submission. Ahsoka still has free will. Mm-hmm. And as long as she had free will, like he never planned on taking that free will from her. As long as she had that then he was hoping, I think, that she would just kind of go along. I would agree. Man. So uh, I'm still writing up a whole bunch of Darth Vader stuff. Uh, They're going to be – I'm going to do some series uh, stuff for Darth Vader, and they'll be pre-recorded, and I'll push them out like on TikTok or something. But I wanted to let you all know because I think I'll have a different guest for different – parts of vader to go into detail and cam i think you just secured yourself a spot with the uh ahsoka <laughs> and uh for for that for that episode um they're, they're short little 10 minute episodes it'll be fun um so we'll get you in for some of those thank you guys man Jeez, I, it all comes back to vader for me too always <laughs> so 
What was it? So, okay, so we'll go on into uh, whatever our next segment is that I never say. Corp, no, yeah, Corbine Corner. Um, so I put out an article uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday uh, about Vader that kind of stirred the pot a little bit. I liked it like a cauldron, man. I love it. Um, I didn't say, you know, is Darth Vader the most terrifying uh, character? In I said Darth Vader is the most terrifying. Tell me why he is. And there were some people like, he ain't. Like, that's all they would say. He ain't. Um, but I, I feel like I made a pretty good case. Uh, so check out the article, geeknewsnow.net. I don't know what the title of the article is, but it's like right there a second. It's like Vader's face is on fire. It's cool. Um, but yeah. So want to talk about Vader real quick in this, though, uh, to help plug my article even more. When you first saw Darth Vader, do you know when that was or at least when that registered? What was the first time? Think of that. We'll give you like three or four seconds here just to, oh, my God, collect that thought, right? Okay. All right. Who wants to go first? Your first impression, feeling, what's the story around that? Go. Bingo. New hope. Okay. I'll go. I'll go. Okay. You hope. Watching it, watching it with my stepdad. I'm like, I don't know, six, five, six years old. Just infatuated with what I'm seeing on my screen. I just, I can't even explain it. Cat. I was trying to figure out how I got my own soundtrack like he had. <laughs> like, like he, he's really the first. If you think about it, like characters having a soundtrack that always played when they appeared wasn't really as much of a thing until vader and that just became my thing of like how do i get my own theme song (laughs) (laughs) he didn't scare me per se like i knew he was obviously kind of a jerk um but i was like hold up hold up he's got a theme song what do i gotta do to get a theme song like (laughs) Absolutely. It's like like Peter Griffin walking around with that tuba guy behind him. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Like, I was at that age where I was like, hold up. How do I get that? Like, <laughs> How about you, Zane? So my view is very different because I grew up on Star Wars. I think you can attest to that. I, I, don't, I don't remember when I haven't seen Star Wars because everything has always been on. And so uh, there is no one real first memory of Vader. However, there is one memory of Vader when I realized who he really was. And it was uh, actually, it was, uh, what's the one with Starkiller? Force Unleashed. Yeah. The very first mission, I don't know why it's when it hit, but it's you are Vader and you're slicing through Ewoks. Or something like that. Or, or was it Ewoks? Or was it like it was, it was something? It's a Wookiee. It's been so long. But that that single. I mean, I know you were playing him, but just the fact that you are Vader and you're just massacring this species is insane. I don't know. So I think I, I have two two reckonings here, and and the first it wasn't a reckoning; it was an awakening. Uh, yes, a new hope. Um, when he comes through there, just like commander, tear the ship apart. I would like, what? Who is this guy? And he's scaring the crap out of me, man. Um, but I think when I really realized 
the intent on Vader, at least now, was in Obi-Wan Kenobi in the scene when he's walking down the street, calling out, trying to uncover where Obi-Wan is hiding, and he takes that kid and force pushes him up against the wall and snaps his neck. Like, what? Like as if, I think when we saw him with the younglings, it was implied. Agreed? When we see this, it makes his villainy real. I don't know. That's my thoughts. See, and I guess for me, like, the treachery was always there. Kind of like you always have with a Disney villain. Even though you don't necessarily see them do the bad things, you get that sense of treachery. So, I guess, like, I always kind of, like, knew that was there. But it wasn't necessarily, like, a fear thing for me. Mm. It was more of a, like, okay, this guy's obviously, like, a bad person. Someone's gonna take him down. <laughs> that's just karma. Way. Like, that's how karma works. That's, like, that's karma, know. man. It bites you in the butt. Yeah. What are you about like, to say, Jersey? I'm sorry. Nothing. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Cam. <laughs> I, I feel like in Attack of the Clones, when he's going to save his mom, and you hear the hint of the Vader theme as he's riding on the speeder, then you're like, for me, for me as a kid, because you know I watched the OG trilogy first and the prequels, and I was like, I was like, I just I don't I don't see it, and even and even when he's storming the Jedi Temple, and he he's about to kill the younglings and it's all implied or whatever, I still don't feel like that was Vader, right? It was more like this is just a means to an end. Like I just got to do what he's telling me. Step by step, I do this. I'm gonna get the power to save Padme, right? I don't feel like we see Vader until he goes to Mustafar, and we see the eyes, and you're like, "That's that. That's who's in the suit, right? Yeah. That's who's in the suit." And then we get the Padme comes. He's going back and forth a little bit, and then he sees Obi Wan and it just puts him back in the rage. And then the one part of the Obi Wan show that they did get right, I feel like, was that was that scene when he's walking through that town. It's hard to realize what happens next, but that scene yeah. right there, that was like that that that's what I thought of Vader as a kid. That's what I thought. That and Force Unleashed as well. I feel like I thought I he to... just Oh go ahead, like, Force Unleashed. I just, I just thought he like when I was a kid, I'm not gonna lie, I just thought he hunted down all the Jedi himself and slaughtered every remaining Jedi. That was just a head canon theory for me as a kid. I was like he's my favorite for that. Yep. There's some good, uh, but what was the, uh, I think I read it. I don't know. It, it's Vader and Palpatine and it's, uh, there's a, there's a book. Um, I can't remember what it's called. I, I don't even know if it's canon anymore. Never mind. I'll just shut up. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So I think when you were talking about his, uh, chopping down the, uh, Uncle Sheik chopping down the Chewbacca's. Oh my God! What are they called? Chewbacca. Wookies. Wookies. Chopping down the Wookies. Um, <laughs> the Chewbacca's. Well, and so one of my costumes was a Chewbacca costume. I, I mentioned it on the pre-show show show. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I I've always had this uh, affinity for for Darth Vader because of his struggle. Like it, it was always for me more about his struggle uh, to. to I'm not the Jedi I should be. 
right? I'm, I'm, I'm less than, and no matter what I do, it's not enough. And now all of a sudden I'm a Sith and I can do more and be more, but it's still not enough. Like he faced a life of feeling it's just not enough. And I believe that was a large part of the drive to consume through death. So he's consuming, trying to fill that void with extinguishing. I don't know, man. It's kind of a scary thing. Like it, It's kind of terrifying to me to think that there would potentially be someone that could be and think in those ways. I don't know, man. It's the concept of this. It, it's similar. And you see it in everyday life, though. The people that if I am bigger, if I if I just bully everybody, if I am the loudest voice in the room, if if I yell louder than everybody else, then I'm my voice is the one that's right. It's the same kind of mentality. Um, and, and you see it if you've ever had to have an encounter with someone like that. You see that of they they always feel like no matter what you say, if it's not in agreement with them, it's because you think they're less than you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so like somewhere they're still trying to balance or compensate for their own perceived inadequacies. And they're filling that gap with mm-hmm. whatever they can. And, yeah. and, in the, in the if, see, and that's where I think we go back to Ahsoka. It doesn't feel that way. She's not a Jedi. She's not a Sith. Uh, Balin did not feel that way. He's not a Jedi. He's not a Sith. Vader, all the way on one side. <laughs> Obi Wan, all the way on the other. I, I think there's something to it, and I'm sure we can do a whole show just on walk the line. I can't believe I just did that on a live show. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what happened to our uh, texts? Is I have to change our uh, last thing. What is our last thing? I don't know. Fan Let's just theory do throwdown. Fan theory throw. Yeah, thank you. Like I love that you know. Uh, I have no fan theory. Oh wait, I didn't. I write one down. Yeah, you no. Yeah, you did. Oh, who was Morak? Yeah. So okay, I think the way Morak died with the little fumes or whatever. I think it was a brought back to life. Andor pushed her. That's kind of my night sistery thing uh, uh, theory in who Morak was, but I don't know, and I haven't done any research on what other people have said. Even if Baloney said this is who he is, I don't know. Who knows? Okay, no, you're shaking your head. Go. So, <laughs> what? on the on the Star Wars website, it says that he was an Inquisitor. Merrick himself was an Inquisitor. However. We saw the green magic that came out of him. Yes! Right? (laughs) That being said, we also know that Thrawn was working with the witches. So, who's to say that she didn't bring an Inquisitor back to life, per se? Oh, and that Inquisitor mask. Mm -hmm. What's in the cargo? (laughs) Just a bunch of dead souls, man. I... I mm-hmm. think it's a bunch of caskets. Yep. I Okay, so and I'm we'll throw it back to the uh Holonet highlights because of news. Am I missing? Did they say there's gonna be a like when the second season or if there's gonna be a second season or how all Not this is gonna yet. play out? Not yet. Oh. <sighs> they don't know they're what they're doing. Wait, 
they don't know what they're doing. Now, here's the other side of that too, though. Like, we know that there was some some sisterhoodiness. Is it possible that some of the people that were Inquisitors, because they were Force users, were mistaken as Jedi, when in fact it may have been, you know, Knight Brothers, Knight Sisters? That's a good. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good take. Mm-hmm. Because there was a certain point when the Empire was looking. It was, they just knew if you were a Force user, they didn't know what side you were on, and they didn't care. Yep. But I, I thought, just want to point out... Oh, go ahead. I thought Palpatine slaughtered, like, slaughtered the Night Sisters and all that on, and everybody at on the Doth, end of Death Mirror. Death yeah. Mirror, yeah. There's all... But, yeah, I guess, I guess it could be anywhere. There's always yeah. one that gets away, right? There are always the yeah. few that go into hiding. Like yeah, that. Morgan. Run to, con- to to continue the order, yeah. um, and to continue their teachings. So just like how they didn't get all the Jedi, the odds of them actually getting all the sisters was also very slim because the sisters would also run through the shadows in hut space. Mm-hmm. So those that did kind of venture out and were a little like more, well, more worldly. Um, that did more of the trading, more of the recruitment, more of that kind of stuff off war, off Dathomir. Mm-hmm. Most likely, just disappeared into the shadows when they heard what happened. I feel like it's going to be interesting. My B two head cannony to to because I I got the sense in Ahsoka that Morgan Elizabeth was not really vibing with the Empire. Right? Yeah. It was more of like okay. I'm feeling some night sistery stuff, right? I'm hearing Thrawn. And so it, I think it'll be interesting to see if the three other night great mothers or whatever they are, if they kind of snap back into reality and we're like, the Empire's like not actually a fan of us. Like, night sisters are very well known for playing the game. Yeah. Or whoever they need to to get whatever they want to at the time. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Count Dooku. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if they think the Empire can help them bring back the Sisterhood, mm. whether it's through uniting them all, getting those that have been enslaved free, etc., they will use them as to the means to an end. And then they'll cut the cut and run. Mm-hmm. I will say it is very important to note that they did specifically pick Thrawn. I think if you really think about the witches, there are other options within the Empire to have chosen. But I think Thrawn was definitely uh, him being an alien in a human-centered empire. Oh, yeah. And him dealing with a lot more... Races, customs, everything—all those are like in the Chiss Ascendancy books. Yeah. You can really yeah. tell that. I mean, yes, they can play towards their own agenda, but also, who's to say that their own agenda isn't to go with Thrawn himself, not the Empire, but Thrawn's Empire? Or yeah. here's the other side of that: Are they using Thrawn to create their Empire? Mm. Because here is someone who, like you said, 
he's faced racism. He's he's even Thrawn's been told you're not good enough, pal, by the Empire. Yep. And here you have this group of very powerful force users essentially saying we know what they say about you. We've heard what how they talk to you. We can make you more. Or you are more, let us show you you're more. Mm. So finally he has that support he needs to say, oh, okay. <laughs> Someone believes in me. And that's all he needs to go on and build his empire. But in the meantime, the Dathomirian witches, the Great Mothers, are there kind of pulling the strings a little bit. So I want to point out on uh, this show, ladies and gentlemen, uh, way back in episode, like, what, seven, eight, nine, we were talking about the Dathomir witches. Mm -hmm. And we we were at the point in the Ahsoka series where that had not been revealed. And I think it was only like one episode in or something. And I said, or no, I didn't. I think Debbie said, uh, I think it's going to be something to do with the witches. And I was like, oh, my God, you're totally right. 100%. And so we kept talking about the witches. And yes, she totally called that. I think you're on to something, um, both you and uh, Cameron Cap. Uh, with how this may end up playing out. Um, I'm thinking, looking at the uh, coffins and looking at the Night Sisters and what they are able to do, that they're raising an army, they will raise an army of undead to begin to pull people to their cause. Mm -hmm. And I think that's exactly what you two are, are hinting at there. Because... The witches of Dathomir, they're never going to bend the knee to a man. No. Let's be honest. Like, no. That's not their way. Um, Even for pancakes, eggs, and bacon? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, not even for their own Death Star. Um, <laughs> but, and it's because they're, they're a matriarchal, matriarchal society. Yeah. So... But they've understand the ways of other societies well enough to know how to take advantage of that. You have to play the game. That's what you yeah. said earlier. Yeah. Totally. Whew. Awesome. Uh, I have a link for something. I promise. Is it for Ripped Maybe. Apparel so we can all like update it our is. wardrobe? Do you have it? Do you know where it's at? I don't have it. I don't, but is that what it's for? Give me a new one. Huh? Is that, that is what it's for, yes. It's like Halloween city stuff. So uh, we'll post the link in the description later. Uh, let me give that to you now because it, or let me show you what I mean. Rip. Okay. Go. Okay. Oh, I got a share screen, don't I? Oh, my goodness. The, uh, theater that I have been in many shows at um, did Rocky Horror uh, last weekend and it was super fun uh, we went on opening night they were very nervous but they had no reason to be they were wonderful okay here we go share screen 
Uh, <laughs> okay, can you all see this? That's crazy. Look, Nightmare Before Christmas Sarlacc. Love it. Nice. Dawn of the Droid. <laughs> Dawn of the Droid. Love it. Love it. And Keep see, going. they do hoodies too. So, like, we're getting into winter. Oh. If you need new sweatshirts, new hoodies. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So, they had a couple of, uh, of these. I just thought they were adorable. Yeah. Anyways, uh, ripped apparel. Love these guys. They got, they got some of the coolest shirts, man. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. Cool. Let's stop in my screen share. Y'all. All right. So what are we doing uh, over the next week while we're not having a show? What are you guys going to be up to over the next week or so? Oh, we're looking at it, huh? Yeah. I mean... I oh, always have a lot of I'm letting other people go. Like, <laughs> I don't, uh, I won't be here. We will not be having a show. Uh, and I will not be writing any more articles either. So, you guys have a good one. We'll see y'all next. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, we will be off next week. Um, when we come back, I'm not sure what we're going to do. We have so many options. Y'all didn't hear that, right? I heard that. Nothing. Nothing. Didn't hear anything. Mm. It's all in your head. We have a lot of options to, to move from here, uh, closing up one piece of dark side users, and we'll open it with another one in two weeks. In the meantime... Uh, man, Cameron, it has been fantastic having you on the show, uh, carrying me last week for sure, all of y'all, with my absent-mindedness. But this week, fantastic, fantastic show uh, for all of you. I love talking on the Vader stuff. Uh, it's hard not to because there's so much richness and depth and breadth to what he brings to the table. Um, Zane, what do you got this weekend? Nothing that I'm aware of. You, not maybe marching? a contest, maybe a game, maybe. I don't know. I haven't oh checked the calendar gosh. yet. It's Tuesday. Don't expect me to know what I'm doing on Saturday. I won't know till Thursday. Oh, my God. Maybe. Being in college, I don't miss I it. I mean, you know, you're hearing this from I'm the guy that almost forgot his daughter's wedding was on was last weekend. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why got to be bringing up old shit? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't that. Oof. All right, sorry. Uh, oh, wait, we're not on the fan theory thing anymore. What are we on? I don't know. Whatever. Outro. Outro? Uh, no, not yet, because I have to. No, I don't want to cause that. We're, we're, we're in final remarks. <laughs> we are. That's right. Uh, Kat, what are you doing this weekend? What do you got going on? Or what do we have going on if you don't have anything? So Geek News Now still has a bunch of stuff going on. Um, we should have a new podcast coming up from the uh, War of the Stars podcast. Um, you can check them out on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, iTunes, Amazon Music, anywhere you get your, fav your favorite podcast from. Thursday nights, if you're looking for some more Star Wars content, you're going to want to hop, hop back here to our channel and check out Cantina Happy Hour. They're going to be talking about Mandalorian. That's, that's, that's what they're doing right now is Mandalorian. Um, then Saturday, um, you'll get to see my smiling face once again. 
over with the Geek Gauntlet podcast. We are here at nine o'clock on Saturday nights. And that, of course, is Central Standard Time. And then, you know, hey, if you haven't, if you want to get some more Marvel content, you want to talk about Loki, some people kind of hated on watching it. If you're not sure how you're going to feel about it and you don't mind some spoilers, hop on over and listen to the folks from MCU Mondays and hear what they have to say. They do a really good job of doing a great recap of these shows um, because they're fans just like you. Um, as always, since we are fueled by the fans, if you love this kind of content, if you want to be part of our conversations, it would mean a whole lot to us. And we'd really appreciate it if you would make sure that you like and subscribe. That way you don't miss out on any of our geeky shows, Star Wars or otherwise. Subscribe. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. Yeah. Hit the bell. Hit oh, the and I bell. have a hobby hut coming up on Friday. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a miniature painting or if I'm going to be doing a diamond painting. Like, if I do that, it might be, like, a four-parter. Because those are really I don't big. have time for hobbies. This is my hobby. <laughs> and I don't know how you do either. You are on, like, shows all the time. Oh, I'm really only on, like, these two shows. But, like, I do, I do, some, I do stuff. I don't some sleep. Things. It's fine. <laughs> Kim, what do you got going on? So, no baseball or no softball, huh? That's over. No. No softball. Um, my sister gets her Aggie ring on Friday. So oh, nice. Gonna, uh, that, that'll be a big day for the family. Um, other than that, just kind of hanging out, finish up 100%ing Assassin's Creed Mirage, and I think I'm going to replay Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor, try to get the Platinum Trophy for those. And uh, that's pretty much all I got outside of my other hobbies throughout the week. Well, at some point, you're going to be on uh, Geek Gauntlet on Saturday night, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> That's going to happen. Cat, we're going to make that happen. Right. We can make it happen. I'm, right. I'm game. Awesome. Uh, so, everyone, have a great two weeks. Uh, I'll still post a TikTok here and there, maybe, uh, or maybe I'll get something scheduled. I don't know. Either way. We want everyone to have a safe Halloween tonight if you're listening live. Um, and if you didn't listen live and you're listening now, I hope you had a safe Halloween and didn't bite into candy with needles or anything that we were so afraid of growing <laughs> up. Uh, <laughs> but anyhow, thank you, Zane. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, Cat. And remember, kids, peace is a lie. There's only passion. Good night.